welcome to Don't Die Before You're Dead. I am your host, Mary McCartney, and this is the place where we talk about all things related to living the life you were meant to live. How are you doing with that? How's it working out for you? Some people really struggle and other people seem to know how they how to go about it. Maybe they started earlier than we are. Maybe they're still looking to do it. Today's guest is Patty Porkerchuk, and Patty has had an exceedingly interesting life in the fact that she has done lots of things. Patty is an eclectic female, um, that's her resume, uh, a female startup uh, with tech, and I'm probably going to mess this up, but she turned into a farmer. Uh, she's written a book about that, The Accidental Farmer, and I can't wait to hear what she has to say about that. And then she moved back to the city and has become a sales and marketing consultant with all the experience that she's had. And that's why I've asked Patty to come and join us today because that's just the tip of the iceberg. Patty has done all kinds of things and, you know, she's got a lot to share with us. So without further ado from me, welcome Patty and I'm so delighted to have you here. Thanks Mary. Um, and may I add that most of the, what I've done has been legal. Most. <laughs> Most. Oh, well, doesn't that open a door? Uh, maybe we can get to that a little bit later after we've kind of warmed up a little bit. <laughs> but that's good to know. So you started off quite, uh, you know, quite sort of in the mainstream, didn't you? So your education, oh. formal, you, you kind of joined the mainstream, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And what happened? Um, well, with a name like Poker Chuck, the one I'm the only Patty Poker Chuck in the world. So, with a name like that, and being left-handed, and uh, just always driven to succeed and go faster, um, I, I I was good with numbers, so I decided I was going to be an accountant until I literally played with a computer. Um, <laughs> in the '70s, which is why I say I was born with a computer in my pocket because it's that I am really that old. Oh. Um, it changed my, uh, I changed my major to business computing. I was one of the first professional females. I was still a teenager with a three-year diploma in business computing hired by IBM. And that was my finishing school is how I saw it. But I knew I wasn't a corporate person. I'm a born and bred entrepreneur. Uh, but they taught me, forced me to learn to sell, which thank God they did. I'm very happy for that. But I made a lot of money, 25 years old, uh, 50 grand in the bank. And uh, wow. IBM. I can, I, can, I can feel people already saying, wow, that's amazing at 25. Most of us are still kind of going, what was it we're going to be? So you had a, a you started out early in that, uh, that tech field. Well, yeah, I was, I was one of the first females. Um, I mean, it was a brand new, and my brother in 1971 decided to study computer science. It was like sci-fi, like nobody knew what it was. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I was actually disappointed at IBM where the ultimate goal was to get into sales, make your hundred percent club and go on this trip. And it turned out to be literally a pig fest. You know, it was one of a hundred women out of thousands of men. And it was just, I was a cute little blonde. Um, that was it. I, I thought if that's the ultimate to life, I thought there had to be more. And that right. was my turning point of, I was, don't forget, I was, extremely shy I oh, was hard to imagine <laughs> hard to imagine I know I was scared of my own shadow no, um I, I'm not going to go into my backstory but I didn't have a lot of parental support in fact it mm -hmm. was the opposite it was abuse 
Um, and but that's what led to my driven personality. So I'm kind of thankful for that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I've enough therapy. I've gotten over the trauma. It's kind of like the silver lining almost because that's who we become due to where we've been, right? Exactly, exactly. And and I always say therapy works. If you can see the close-up on, say, YouTube, I have fingernails, which I got at the age of 40-something because (laughs) (laughs) therapy works. That's all I will say. Okay, good to know. You have to actually go out and buy, but fingers are always with you. And if I can quit biting my nails, anybody can get better. Okay, good to know. Yeah, but yeah, so even though I was scared of my own shadow, what, at the age of 25, I had a choice to make was I had this dream life. I had the career at IBM. I was progressing faster than their little little ticky boxes could k- keep up with my raises and promotions. I had the stockbroker boyfriend. I had a sports car, the trendy duplex, tons wow. of money. But I wasn't happy. Oh, well, that's, that, that's really key. People think that all those things will make them happy. No, no. It's an illusion. I, I, it is an illusion. And I, I, you know, my first generation Canadian of German Ukrainian heritage, I'd spent a summer in Europe and my desire was to go back and spend a longer period of time. So I was finally ready and I had to do it on my own because girlfriends just never worked out. It just never, they went one year, I went the next, they went one year, I went the next. It was like, do or die. And I wasn't uh-huh. going to die. I was not going to no. die. That dream no. inside of me. And I was not meant to be married at a young age. Put it that way, too. So despite <laughs> yeah. having the boyfriend go, yeah, marry me, marry me. Oh, no, 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 no. You had other ideas and things I, I got, you wanted to do. Exactly. I had another 20-odd years until I became engaged and married and now happily divorced. So it was, it was <laughs> a guy, and uh, I had the money. I had no dependents, and it was just like, let's, let's go. I'm going to do it. Go one-way ticket, and... Uh, just a sense of adventure of when you travel on your own, you have nobody to behold to. And that's where mm-hmm. I, I joke that I have multiple personalities because I would get up in the morning and go, Hey, so where do you want to go today? Well, I don't know. It's been pretty gloomy. Let's go find the sun. Literally that was <laughs> my most, direction. Most people would think that it takes a lot of money to, to live the dream that they want to live. And they, they feel stifled because they're not in that kind of financial position and you were, and you took advantage of it. You didn't stay trapped. You, you recognize that within you, there was a greater life to live. Some people might be really happy doing the the corporate thing forever. Um, But we need to recognize really our one life to live. Who are we and what is it? How, how would you suggest somebody that really doesn't feel that they're financially able to do that? Like, how, how would they start off to even think about, should they do that? Yeah, I mean, look, think of what you're paying in your mortgage, your rent, your covering costs, your, your clothes, your going out to see friends. You usually typically spend, I know my spending is between three and 4000 more towards 4000 a month, mm-hmm. minimum. And uh, take that. And supposing you didn't have to pay rent, you didn't have to, you know, go out and see friends and, and go out for dinner and, and expensive, you know, treat yourself to expensive things for your home. You take that money and you can, it goes a long way. It's assuming that I was living in, I don't do hostels. I don't like hostels, uh, but I'm living in, you know, bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes with an ensuite, so a lot of times not, but of course, you know, I, I, at that time, my budget was about the equivalent of about 3000 a month, which is pretty affordable. Mm-hmm. You 
most people have, you know, a pension or savings. Mm -hmm. um, we spend a couple of months on the road if they can like sublet their place or, you know, do an Airbnb and just get rid of it for a couple of months. And, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's that burning desire of not wanting to get to the, my nineties and go, I wish I'd done that. Right. As I say, the regrets of the dying. I wish, I don't wish I'd worked anymore. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I wish I had had been more outgoing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I look back, you know, and it's been 40 years um, and I just wish I'd been more outgoing. I just let people come to me, which I was lucky. I was a cute blonde. So uh, I never (laughs) Never lack for male attention, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of the nice uh, the side benefit, if you will, in that regard, because people would be willing to help you out and they'd see perhaps a little bit of vulnerability there. I think generally speaking, though, you know, there are a lot of really good people in the world that would be more than willing to be helpful in circumstances. Was that your experience? Oh, for sure. Um, again, I'm a total mechanical klutz. I bought an old junker for $1,000. Um, it got stuck a few times in some communist countries, and I would just go, hey, nope, I have a universal sign language. I would just say, I'm pointing. I go, you, Mr. Mr. Truck, Mr. Truck Driver, come and help me. It doesn't work. You know, <laughs> sometimes your sign language is like, he fixed it. Or yeah. I got a bunch of guys to push start me. Um, I was really lucky. I just related this to my girlfriends on the weekend about uh, I was in Hungary, and there's not – you know, this is still a communist country and there's not a gas station on every corner and I was running out of gas. So I get into this little village. And so these cup, this couples knew I was low on gas. They go, Hey, we'll take you on a shortcut to the next village. Mm-hmm. And they take me down this down this deserted road through the forest. I'm going, Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Exactly. That's my story. Oh, what have you done now? What have you done now? They know I'm going to run out of gas soon. And when we came out of that forest and into the village, and I saw the gas station, I was like, Yes. Yes. Tell the tale. And you're right. There were so many good people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really lucky. My dad gave me his guardian angel to sit on my my left shoulder here and look after me, and he has oh. for over forty years. So. Yeah. Been super super lucky. I've traveled a lot on my own from Scotland to Greece to North Africa, Togo, Africa. Haiti. Well, I did. I did say you had an interesting life, so you've seen a lot of the world. It, fear is a big thing that keeps a lot of us grounded in our spots. And we might not be happy. We might recognize we're not happy, but it'll be the fear of change. Change is not a good word for a lot of people. And yet balance that against the regrets that you talked about. I mean, the don't die before you're dead is all aimed at people who sit around and do not very much once they've retired and it's almost like they're waiting for the next step well it could be the next step is passing away what do we do in the meantime is it ever too late to get out there and do something no and i just you just sort of struck a, a memory in me which is you know leaving my whole life behind 25 years of being in toronto big city my friends my family mm-hmm. that was a major decision mm-hmm. What happened at the end of my year of travel, where I had sort of made a community for myself in Munich, and I'm half German, so I, I picked up the language. After a year, when I needed to go back to work, I was like, 
Canada know that really well. I don't, I don't want to go back home. So taking the decision to stay in Germany, find a job, find an apartment was so less frightening and so easier to do that it was just natural. So, so yes, it's frightening the first time, mm-hmm. but then once you're into, I, I, like, I have no comfort zone, really. I don't, you know, I just, I, I've changed so much. I move cities of countries, illegal immigrant. That's the illegal part there. Okay. Okay. I get you. When I bounce, <laughs> when I bounce between countries for a while with a, yeah. a German driver's license, British car and a Canadian passport. And officially I live nowhere, but Oh boy, I jungle, I juggle that. So what, but making that big decision is once you make that and the only way to, to, to Tony Robbins said that was the only way through fear is massive action. And there's one mm-hmm. thing I've always been good at action. It's like, okay, call it the dreaded P word. We got a plan, but you know, plan to get out of debt, plan to save money, plan to do it and give yourself a deadline. And so when uh, do you start? When no. should you start? Like some people might be, uh, my, my listeners probably are maybe 45 and up. Um, they might still have some children at home. Do you think that some people just put things off too long before they think about this? That they don't prep for it, they suddenly get to a space. Okay, got your book. Do tell. Uh, accidental farmer. I became a farmer at age about forty-seven. Okay. Yeah. How so, did that come about? Um, I blame it on the internet. So twenty-one years ago, I met my now ex-husband online. It was back in the early, early. We've been Must a and so I was living in Ottawa. I had spent 12 years in Ottawa. I was fed up with Ottawa. He lived in the country. I'd never lived in the country. So I'm always up for new experiences. Mm-hmm. So why not? You know, we had this beautiful house. We ended up with 100 acres. I had a green thumb. I, ha- I wasn't a millionaire by 25, by, you know, after 25 years in technology. I had, you know, scaled and started uh, a software company now in its 30th year. Um, and it was just time to do something new. You know, so I became a farmer. I knew nothing about farming. I'm the biggest city slicker in the world. <laughs> you know, nothing except rocket science is rocket science. Everything yeah. is learnable. You, yes. There's nothing. So I immerse myself in um, my way of sales is to be curious and ask questions. And yes. when, I was, when I became a garden center owner, I was curious and asked questions. So why are you buying that plant? And where are you going to plant that thing? And where does it grow best? And you just ask and ask and So ask. it sounds like your clients were teaching you the business. You knew the sales and they yes. knew the product. That's right. And I knew how to market. I knew how to, you know, my, my, it was, it was uh, down to earth gardens. Uh, here's my, here's my flyer. This is my backyard down to earth gardens for busy novice and black thumb gardeners because i was a novice gardener so i couldn't pretend to be a a, a plant snob and say oh this is the uh the latin name for this it's like i have no effing idea what the latin name is i don't know (laughs) you know yeah yeah pink flowers so i had this really um safe place for black thumb gardeners to come that's home of the unkillable plant and so i i, I knew how to tell <laughs> that's what i need the unkillable plant that's <laughs> what i need to go yeah. shopping for so the scary part is when you open up a garden center they think you know about plants so they ask you to speak and that's how i actually got over my fear of speaking by oh, talking by talking on something i didn't know anything about so there's <laughs> hope for everyone there well, we instead of calling you eclectic, we should just call you fearless. <laughs> I um, 
No, I was full of fear. Absolutely full. But I didn't let it stop me. Okay, good point. Look at the, you know, when you look at the alternative, the alternative is to not live. Right, exactly. That is even scarier. So that was my, my point back when I was 25, is I had, the ch- I had the chance to keep on doing the status quo, which to me was, oh my God, Mary, 2.2 kids, white picket fence, put my, poke my eyes out. Uh, <laughs> that was not appealing to me at all. I was never, never, I never, I, <clears throat> I hate to say it, I don't like babies, but I like kids. <laughs> like two kids are. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a baby person. You're not a baby person. <laughs> not everybody is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's knowing who we are. So. Those of us, like myself, actually, you know, with four kids and now they've all left home, um, you know that I'm doing this cross Canada trip next year. So am I fearful? No. Am I cautious? Yes. I think it's, but it's, it's a big challenge. And a lot of people are kind of like, wow, that's really something. It doesn't have to be that big a dream though. Like there's a lot of people who just might want to be more engaged and maybe even even just start something. You're a business coach. You have a lot of people that in your serial entrepreneur, you're, you help a lot of people who are becoming entrepreneurs. Is there a large percentage of people who in their later life have kind of come out and said, I've always wanted to own a business. Yeah. I don't know how to start. Tons. Um, the, 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 the rural community where I started my farm business was full of what I call urban refugees because it was a pretty little village, Canada's prettiest village, Merrickville. And uh, a lot of them were, you know, in their 50s. You know, they had the government pensions or the big company pensions and they were making their passion, their, their hobbies profitable. Because if mm-hmm. you don't make money, then it's just a hobby. But if right. you take your passion and you want to share that knowledge that output, like it, I had a lady do buttons, buttons, you know, those custom buttons that you, Oh, you know. the button makers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like vote for so-and-so. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, another one was a porcelain painter. Um, a lot of artists, um, you know, somebody wanted, always wanted to run a bed and breakfast. And, you know, my advice to her was, you know, either buy them one in the town or we have to figure out how, how to make this appealing. And there's how to create it. Yeah, there's always a market, but you have to figure out what your market is. And it might not be the one that you think about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if you keep hitting your head against the brick wall, <laughs> you want to run this thing. And, and she became as busy as she wanted to be. And that was the, right. the biggest praise I could get from, from right. her. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's just because um, when I started the, so I have an MBA in marketing. I now have 40 years of sales experience being the un, you know, not born salesperson. Mm-hmm. But when I helped start and run a, 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 a tech companies is we didn't have any money. So it was guerrilla marketing, you know, like bare bones. We ran a multi-million dollar company on <laughs> not a lot of marketing budget because it was a Brit. He didn't believe in spending money on marketing. Just the shoestring. Well, there's a lot of yeah. people that feel that way. And yet we do need to do that, right? People won't know you're around. Yeah. I say use more of this, be more creative. That's why I'm saying it's full of wacky ideas. So mm-hmm. for example, in the, in the garden business is I would throw a, a huge garden party in August, the August long weekend, when you think people are at cottages and we thought, well, if they're not at a cottage, they want to find a, 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 a city escape. So they, I would get mm-hmm. 100 mm-hmm. people show up for three hours. Wow. That's amazing. 
Yeah. And just created, and I sold thousands of dollars worth of plants. So I knew how to sell and market. And when, but I knew nothing about farming, but I realized that every business, you have to master how to sell and market your own right. products. Oh, for sure. You don't, you don't need to. And so you have to get over that. I'm not a salesperson because if you're in business, you are in sales. Well, we're all salespeople because every relationship we have based on selling somebody that we are compatible, if you will, and to continue to do that. So, yeah, selling it, selling is one of those, well, sale or sale. That's kind of like a four letter word for sure. So people that are going to be um, sort of engaged in the emptiness and started thinking, well, you know, I'm, I really don't see myself staying where I am. It was just sort of maybe a stopgap kind of job. Um, some people, you've got an MBA in marketing or in business, and you know, there's a lot of money invested in that kind of formal education, but there are some people that have not got the major degrees and they're just looking and saying, like you did, what's more, what other kind of things do you think that people, um, might be dreaming about doing, but might be hesitating and just to, you know, how do you grab the bull by the horns? You said planning is a big thing. Yeah, and I'm a huge one on manifesting is, is, is when um, this is something that's come about and I use it in my own, how I find my, my dream boyfriend or husband, I suppose, and jobs as well is manifesting, which is you've got to know what you want. Mm-hmm. Taking a piece of paper and actually, if you don't know what you want is figure out what you don't want cross that off and that's usually the opposite is usually what you do want mm-hmm. so i knew i didn't want corporate which meant i wanted small business what's what's the opposite right i think i can't remember i can't remember who it was that said it i you know my memory isn't you know they say the memory is first to go but they said that the hardest question that people actually have to answer is what do you want that people generally just don't know the paper and pen idea is a great idea but do you think people actually will step out of their world long enough to actually ask those questions of themselves? Are people really finding out what, who, who they really are, what they really want before their time is? Well, we, are, we all have time limits, right? That's yeah. a fact. I forget which Greek philosopher said, but the unexamined life is not worth living. And I, I, I found for myself, it was the end of my 30s, my first serious live-in relationship, that I started my personal development journey, which has been going on for more than 25 years now. And, you know, because when, when I studied business in the 70s, it, it was just like you had no feelings. It was all about the money. It was like being a, like a Kevin O'Leary of like, I win, you lose kind of attitude. Okay. Years, I've never been like that. I've always been, let's make it this a, a four-way win, a win for the company, the employees, the suppliers, and the customers, and for me. So it's got to be, because um, I don't want to do business otherwise. I want to sleep well at night. Mm-hmm. But the, the knowing what you want is like, how else, you, what makes you get up at a, what makes you jump out of bed and be excited for the day unless you know there's something to do because yeah. I'll give you an example having sold to the federal government in Ottawa for you know Canada's capital for for years is I go into a cubicle and there was a there was a calendar and they were marking off the days and you go what are you down you know marking off days to holidays go no to retirement oh well, my word yeah 11 years three months and two days oh that's sad yeah Exactly. And my point is, is uh, when you think about TGIF, thank God it's Friday. Yeah. And you, on Sunday night, you dread Monday mornings. You're wishing 
five sevenths of your life away. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Think about your, you know, hump day. Oh my God, I'm halfway through this horrible, horrible week. (laughs) So it's a mental attitude that's really kind of, it's kind of killing us really. If you look, if people are engaged in that, now we get out of bed in the morning because we have jobs to go to that will pay for the things we think we want. Do we really want those things? Are those the, the satisfying parts? Yeah, but, but the point is, is that if you spend five, seven months of your life wishing it was over, yes. what happens when that life is over? What happens when your work life and you finally get your pension? Yeah. What happens then? You have yeah. nothing to live for, basically. And so, so you're, you've got, you're surrounded by things. You've got the 3,000 square foot house with the 10 be- bedrooms and bathrooms and cleaning. Yeah. Who wants that? What, what pleasure do you, tr- you know, when you think back in your life, is it the experiences with your friends and family that really mm-hmm. matter? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I think be, being a, a bit of a gypsy and having movie, moved countries and cities, is I, I, I don't put much um, worth on a personal or a material possessions. Mm-hmm. It means nothing to me. Mm-hmm. Things, things can be replaced. People can't be. And experiences are, are really what matters. And that's right. what makes you interesting. I go, hey, so I got a new dress. It's like, woohoo, what do we do? It's not a great conversation uh, yeah. in that regard, right? So the, right. People, the people who are, are looking at doing the collection of things rather than experiences, um, what do they share when they, when they get together with other people? There's, like you said, there's not a whole lot to talk about. And, uh, you know, if your life was full of the interesting experiences, like there are some people who live through us vicariously, you know, they're not doing anything. So there's like, they're hungry for somebody to come along that has been doing something and they kind of think, Oh, wow, you're an interesting person. Like you said, and they want to glean some experience from you because they don't have any of themselves. At what point do you think people are going to realize that they they've missed it, that they could have, could have, should have, would have stuff, you know? It's never too late. It's never too late. I have one of my best friends are in her mid seventies after almost 50 years in one city. And she yes. was right here. She packed up and moved 12 hours away by plane. 12 hours by plane. <laughs> that's, yes, exactly. that's, quite a, that's quite a, that's quite a change, right? Um, different language, different culture. It, it's, it's, if, you, if it's in your heart, if you're, if, you're, if you're yearning for something, is that find out, you know, maybe it's, you know, when somebody goes on a, on a, on a spa retreat for a week, you know, with a yes. bunch of other women and other friends, not exactly solo travel on your own for three months or six months or, or right. a year, but it's a start. And, and if you can go once, you can go again. And it's just, mm-hmm. just like I was saying, is you've got to sort of prime the pump. It's, it's mm-hmm. Do something on your own, whether it's a day trip or just a weekend away. It doesn't have to be extravagant. It can be Niagara Falls. I mean, Niagara Falls is a great place. I'm going to Oh, it is. Yeah, we uh, should be advertising for them, right? Um, <laughs> that's true. I mean, if you're just sitting at home doing nothing, then every day becomes the same. I mean, at least you don't have, you know, the five days a week and hump day and thank God it's Friday and all that sort of thing. But, you know, every day becomes very much the same. And then, but the family experiences, the friend experience, I mean, those are the things that make us human. 
They're the things yeah. that make us uh, to give back. Now, Patty, you know me well enough to know that I also talk a lot about volunteering. Yeah. So if people don't have the finances and the things to do to maybe enhance their life and they don't want to do that, then we get to our age and we have a lot of experience. You're here sharing your experience and your knowledge, hoping, well, I'm hoping that others will be inspired and say, hey, you know, she's right. I can do this. And so with volunteering, there's so many organizations that need your background, your experiences, your history, your wisdom, your lessons learned, that if you don't even have anything else, maybe you can enhance somebody else's life and give back. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, if you want an exotic, an exotic trip, but you're, you're bored of lying on a beach, there's yeah. volunteer, volunteerism, or I don't know what they call it, but there's relatively for about a thousand or two a month, or like you pay for your airfare, and yeah. then for another thousand, they cover your, your room and board, and you can go in and teach people, you know, literacy skills, like even if you know nothing, if, you, if and nothing else is you teach, you know, ESL, English as yes. a second language, yeah. or teach them some, you know, math skills, or teach them, you know, how to plant things, because, you know, there's a lot of avid gardeners out there, so it's teaching, and, and so you can experience a new culture, you can, you know, get some language lessons, if you've always wanted to learn Spanish, which is on my bucket list, like, you know, <laughs> and, and, and you learn by doing, I mean, that's right. how I learned, you know, German was on the job, basically, that's right. an addiction. That in a dictionary, yeah, yeah, it's the application process, right? Yeah. I mean, as a former teacher, I know that we teach, we taught a lot, at least we hoped we did, but unless they apply it, it's not really learned. So, until people actually, and you, you said it yourself about putting things into action. We need to stop sitting around thinking about some of those things and start looking and saying, how can we actually do that? So information tends to be free, right? Oh, yeah, there's so much. When I, when I go back to, the, say, the manifesting, is one thing I just wanted to be clear about with the sheet and paper. Right. Write down, like, in exquisite detail exactly how your perfect day would look like. You know, what does your perfect dream of vacation look like? What is your, that's going to put you a little bit on the edge, not, you know, the all-inclusive, you know, trip to Cuba. That's not going, I mean, depends. Well, if you stay in a three-star, you might get a little taste of real Cuba. You go to a five-star, you could be anywhere in the world. So right. So really, really detail of what, what exactly you want. Just start it. Maybe you, maybe you only get five points today, but keep it like a journal. Like, just keep adding to it. It's like... Because you'll go, oh, you know, I really, really hate the Canadian winters, which, you know, says everybody. Um, <laughs> like, so, so how can you design a life where you get to go travel? I mean, it, was, it used to be really cheap just to get in your car and drive 20 hours and, and hit a place where you didn't need snow boots and, and mitts. You know, right. To the States. Now, you know, with, with COVID, the pandemic is different. But still, you know, you can go out to the West Coast, which is, you know, a lot of people are doing as well. Mm -hmm. It's just being, you know, what are your options? What are you comfortable with? And what's going to make you a little uncomfortable? Because I swear, being on that edge is what keeps you young, you know? I mean, well, you know you're alive, the old hearts. <laughs> yeah. People know how, how old we really were and that we're not 20, 20 you know, 19-something kids, you know? I mean, <laughs> we laugh a lot. We have fun. We do interesting yeah. things. We push yeah. ourselves. And it's just that I think it's getting 
I, I don't know. I, I couldn't think of anything worse than dying on my couch, you know. Yeah. You know. But I, I can think of something worse than dying on your couch. It's acting like you're dying on your couch before you're gone. <laughs> You know, you're exactly. just sort of a lump there. I was talking to somebody not too long ago and they had said something to the effect that there's a dent in their couch because, oh. I mean, that, that tells you either they bought a really, really cheap couch or they're there too much. Yeah. The one other thing I was going to say is what really changed my life in the last decade was 365 days of writing what I'm grateful for every day. Oh, good point. Meaning is, is, you know, when I look at people who, uh, I don't complain. I, I rarely, rarely, rarely complain because if I don't like something, I do something about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll find the people with a zest for life, they don't complain. They're grateful for, for their health, no matter how good or bad it is. It's like, okay, yeah, do something about it. Stop mm -hmm. complaining. Do yep. something because there is something you can do. Yeah. Um, so being grateful for, for everything that happens. I mean, we live in a really rich country. I swear every Canadian should go to Haiti for a week to really. I thought that, that all, all our kids in school, rather than some of the other things that we do, send them out to someplace like that and see where the rest of the world's living. Because you're right, the appreciation and the gratitude. I kind of live the life of, of, with my philosophy that, you know, things can always be worse. People oh, say they don't watch the news, and yet I'm thinking, you know, when you do watch the news, you realize just how fortunate we are. Oh, we, we're, we're beyond fortunate. I mean, I, the the things, like, you know, uh, what I saw in Haiti, you know, was, uh, my driver made $150 a month. That was A what month, he yeah. And he was on call pretty much, and there was guns everywhere. There was, and with 150 a month, he could afford a two-room shack, not just a one-room. Yeah. So he, yeah. that put him in the, the, you know, a different class from other people, right? So but we're talking shacks. We're not talking, you yeah. know, flush toilets or no anything. indoor facilities, right? Right. No, no. So your journal that you keep um, keeps keeps you um, not necessarily humble, but keeps you conscious. I'm I'm sort of thinking that there are an awful lot of people who really aren't conscious. Uh -huh. They are going through the motions like on the hamster wheel, get up, go to work, come home, go to bed, and they're living to pay the bills, but they're not conscious of every day passing. Like, I can't believe that this year, as, as hard as it's been with COVID, is just racing by. It's just going so fast that, you know, it, we don't have, we don't have forever. And people who are waiting are one day going to be sitting on the couch like you're talking about older and realize maybe they've, they've missed the opportunity because their health won't allow them. They put that's it right. off and now their health says, oh, no, you don't. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, wealth without health is worthless. So getting your pension and what yeah. I was saying, you know, people that retire and they got the golden pension and that's all they've been working for for 10 years, 11 months and, yeah. you know, two days. They've got their pension. They actually die. They literally will die because they have nothing to live for. Yes, so, you know, I've heard that. Well, waiting, waiting for your pension doesn't do anything. And it's just like, I believe also, you know, we watch our parents and grandparents, you know, die. And mm -hmm. them getting, you know, with Alzheimer's or dementia or just being, you know, 10 different pills that they take and they're, they're immobile. It's just like, that could be, that's, that is you in 30 years. If you don't do something, if you don't get fit, if you don't yeah. lose it, you know, you'll lose it. And it's, it's as much your brain as it is your physical thing. So it's, it's right. keeping 
working together mm -hmm. um, and do it now. But you know, you have no time to, 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 to waste. So what's the big message to get people to wake up? I, like I said, as a teacher, you teach all the content, but yeah. they have to do the work. We have to do the work. So, you know, like, what we've talked about here isn't really new. People know this, but how do we get through to say, act now while you can? How do we get them to apply that knowledge that they know? Yeah, for me, it was like fast forward to, for some reason, it's always your best friend, your BB, BFF, and you're on a rocking chair on a veranda and you're, you're 95 years old and you're rocking back and forth and you're talking about the woulda, coulda, shouldas. Yeah. Those woulda, coulda, shouldas are your dreams for today. So if you don't start working your way, like I've, I've been in major debt for some of my life. And like I had three properties with six mortgages in three countries, which is wow. nice. If you're trying to be independent of a, of a, of a soul-destroying corporate job. Um, so I had to have a plan to get out of debt before I could start my own business. Mm -hmm. So I started that probably a year before I actually, so I, I actually can do a plan and goal and work that way because the alternative was to stay and be miserable and have my life absolutely like, ah, you know, yeah. it, was it was horrible where I hated every day. I hated the people I worked with. Um, and so I had to have a plan to get out of debt and get out of there. So mm -hmm. if you don't have a plan, if you don't start now, it'll never happen. You know, the Chinese have that, a journey of a thousand steps of a thousand miles starts with one, one step. step. Yes. Do that one step and do another step tomorrow and a third step. So that's all you're not, you're not jumping to China tomorrow. You're right. just getting on your way to wherever you want to go. But just do all, something every day. And exactly. it's accumulative, right? Yeah, yeah, it's that's right. Yeah, and it's and it's all and once you get into action, it just becomes well. That's my goal. I said April next year, and you know, like you know, that comes up a lot faster than you think it is. And then come April, it's like, all right, as they say, shit or get off the pot, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, it's here. Well, the thing is, we we are going to be like right this day today. We are going to be one year older this time next year, regardless. We don't have to do a thing. Time is marching on. We don't have to do a blessed thing. But one year from now, God willing and us able, we will be one year older. And if we're sitting in exactly the same place, then what's the, what's the value of the life you've lived? That's right. That's right. What, what's what's going to be the change? What are you going to be excited about? What's going to get you up out, uh, uh, up and motivated to, to face the day? Right. And, and I think, like you say, volunteering, doing something that if you're feeling down, do something for somebody that, that is even downer than you are. And that'll raise you up. Right. You know, for sure. You want, it's, it's putting in the, 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 taking that one step. I would say you have to take one step to figure out if you're going in the right direction or you're doing the chuck <laughs> the challenge, going over here, you know, it's there. Right. Well, that's, that's, that's a good point. That's yeah. a point. Without a step, you're not going anywhere, right? Yeah. So stop oh. thinking and just start doing it. You know, that's it. You know, enough, you know, figure out and just, 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 uh, just do something. Uh, go, go do something different. You know, yeah. um, it's the only, like I say, living on the edge, I think is if you're not scared of something that you do, that you're not trying hard enough. Right. I mean, mm. I've lived and failed. I've started enough businesses that hmm, didn't really go anywhere, but you know, I tried. Yeah. Um, and you it. learn from it. You learn you something do. from it. You do. And, and yeah. you know what you don't want. So like, Hey, let's just keep going. And okay. That wasn't a, a success. Let's try this. You know, nothing yeah. is fatal. 
nothing and and uh do it while you can exactly what you're saying is don't yeah. wait because you right. never know when something major could happen you know Change so patty we're coming we're just about done here question for you what's next for patty poker chuck <laughs> uh, good question and i'm in one of those contemplative mo things I, as you know i've just lost my the love of my life my my big uh, shaggy dog yeah uh, the first time in over 30 years i haven't had a dog yeah so that's, that's hard that's uh but it's also it was it was um because because she was 70 80 pounds it wasn't like i could take her on planes and stuff so that's yeah. why i did a lot of road trips so i'm in a I'm in a contemplative um, stage of my life. It's the longest I've lived in one place, 10 years now <laughs> in my <laughs> life. So it's like, okay, I got a little itchy feet. Um, so who knows? I really don't know. I wish I, I, I'm, um, there's no uh, magic. Um, I have to sit down and do the work myself and figure out where right. I want to go. Um, unfortunately travel's not quite in the plans for right now, Yeah, but it is for next year. Um, we'll see for we'll sure. See. Well, I like what you said about being contemplative because I think not that I'm the expert by any means, but I think, uh, we need to become conscious of our life, what we're doing with it. It's a gift that we get up every day, we have this gift, and what do we do with it? And being contemplative is far more important than just being busy, busy, busy on a hamster wheel and not having a clue what you're doing with your own personal life. Because it's our life. Once it's over, it's over. We, we, are, we shouldn't be totally consumed with living someone else's life. So live while you can. And Patty, you've been a prime example. You've written books, you've traveled, you're still raring to go. And if you as a, I will say, former shy person um, can do that, then so can most people, but start with a plan. So thank you for sharing all of that. It's, it's really, really good advice. Um, you have the expertise to give that advice and, and to share that with us. So start now and live large. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode today. Thank you, Patty. Thank you, Mary. So again, I'm Mary McCartney, and this is Don't Die Before You're Dead. Until the next time, dare to live the life you were meant to live. Take care next time. Bye-bye. There we go. Oh, I wanted. I don't want to do that. I want to... Uh, Hey, oh, cut off the recording. I'll have to cut that off.